You are listening to Leaders and Legends, a podcast produced by Veteran Strategies and featuring conversations with fascinating and impactful men and women who have shaped our world, our communities, and our history. My name is Robert Vane, Principal of Veteran Strategies, and your host for our discussion. You are listening to Leaders and Legends, a podcast presented by Veteran Strategies, a local veteran public relations enterprise, and sponsored by Girl Scouts of Central Indiana, Garmon Construction, Leaders and Legends LLC, the Grand Hall and Conference Center at Historic Union Station, the McGinley's Golden Ace Inn, and McAllister Machinery, your friendly neighborhood Caterpillar dealer. You may find all your sales and rental equipment needs at McAllister.com. We are pleased to announce our podcast as a member of the All Indiana Podcasts Network in partnership with Wish TV. You may- Howie Politics and State Affairs Pro offer insider election coverage, polling, and analysis in Indiana. Our nonpartisan news and legislative tools create a winning combination pro subscribers can't live without. For all the resources you need this election season and beyond, visit pro.stateaffairs.com slash IN. That's pro.stateaffairs.com slash IN. You may find leaders and legends at allindianapodcastnetwork.com. Thinking of starting a podcast or need to host a public meeting? Let Leaders and Legends LLC be your partner as you look for new ways to communicate your message. Please contact Chris Spangle and me at leadersandlegends.net. Thank you for joining us on the Leaders and Legends podcast. Our guest today is the mayor of Noblesville, Chris Jensen. Chris and I worked together at the Indiana Republican Party way, way a long time ago, and I could tell you then. His personality and his intellect and his ability to create a group of people who just enjoyed being around him. He was a lot of fun, and none of us are surprised at his current success. Mayor Jensen, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Robert, it's my pleasure. I think you used some adjectives there. I'm not sure I'm totally comfortable with, but we'll we'll go with it. So good, good to be with you today. <laughs> well, your PR people should have an entire treasure trove of benefits. <laughs> sweet adjectives to use on your behalf my my wife does as well so don't ask her let's 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 talk about that just really (laughs) quickly anyone who is engaged with mayor jensen on social media uh, will see pictures of his family and his wife and his love for butler university give us just a little flavor please chris of of your family your wife julie how you met and how much you love your alma mater yeah, well, it all started there. We actually went to Butler together. Julie is an education major at Butler. She's a year behind me. We actually worked at the admissions office there at Butler University. We were campus tour guides together. Um, although she will tell you that she remembers me well, I don't remember her that well. Um, we actually uh, did not date in college, although we had a lot of the similar friends in college. And then we were kind of reintroduced to each other after um, our time in college. We both kind of have admitted that we maybe wouldn't like our collegiate version of each other. So uh, maybe we need a little extra time to cook in the real world uh, before we met. And uh, we did though, and the rest is history from there. She is an elementary school teacher, taught for 10 years in a uh, community just south of Noblesville. Um, I won't won't say the name Carmel because uh, us Noblesville Millers have a strong rivalry there, but she taught in Carmel for 10 years and then now is an instructional coach in Noblesville School, so she is teaching teachers every day, which she loves. She loves being in schools, but she also loves helping um, young teachers kind of further their academic career there. We have four kids, CJ, who will be 11 later this month, uh, Vivian, who is six, Hank is five, and Emmy Kate rounds out the uh, the fab four there and she's 10 months old later this month. So they're a lot of fun. They're the most important things in my life other than obviously faith and family. Um, they keep me grounded. They help uh, guide my ability to even govern on a daily basis. So um, that's why you'll see a lot of them because they are way cuter than me. My wife is way more beautiful than I ever thought. So um, I'm a pretty lucky, lucky man. Did she, is Julie from Noblesville too? 
So she's an import. She's a Buckeye. She is from Columbus, Ohio area, actually Dublin, Ohio. My in-laws are still back there. She has three brothers that live there. Um, wanted to get out of, kind of wanted to spread her wings. That's what brought her to Butler. Um, and then um, the education program there was a strong one. So kept her here in Indiana. Thank God for that. Um, and then when she married me, she jokes that she knew she wasn't just marrying Chris Jensen, but she was marrying the city of Noblesville. So we are we are locked in Hoosiers um, for the duration of our time here on earth, but uh, as an imported Buckeye. What did you major in at Butler? Yep. I started out as a, I was something I started out as a business major. I'm the youngest of three boys and my two older brothers were business majors. So I just naturally felt like I should be a business major. Um, one of the main reasons I did that is that at Butler at the time, if you started in the business school, you didn't have to take a foreign language. <laughs> and uh, I, I wasn't strong in foreign language, although my mom taught French for 38 years, which is the, the best part of that story. Um, started out in business, ended up switching to public relations and journalism. And so ended up, did, I did have to take a few years of Spanish in college, which was actually a great experience, but, and, and picked up a business minor. So um, had the kind of the best of both worlds. I love to be able to write. I think that's a huge skill that the next generation of, of our, of our um, young leaders across the state should really focus on being able to write. Hopefully it's not a lost art going forward. So love journalism, but love business as well. Your mother taught French for 38 years. Yes, 38 years. Probably vu Francais um, at Westfield High School. They graduated the year behind. My parents graduated the year behind Mitch Daniels at North Central High School and then migrated to Hamilton County. So my mom could get a job at Westfield High School in the early 70s. They um, they landed in Noblesville, though, because she wanted to be in a different live in a different school district than where she taught. So uh, landed in Noblesville. That's why we got our roots there. But she taught in Westfield for 38 years. And you never took French? Like I took one year of French in middle school. That was a requirement by my mother. If I wanted to take a foreign language in middle school, which was kind of on the cutting edge back in the time. Now I think they do that much earlier. But it had to be French if I did it in middle school. So I did take a year. I traveled to France with her at one point in time, which was really a cool experience um, to see my mom submerge in that culture and, and be able to get us around and um, was a pretty fascinating experience. Well, I had 10 years of French and I would have died to have a, uh, well, not that I would have traded my mother per se, but, uh, to have a mother who was a French teacher, that would have been so fun. So fun. Yeah. You know, and looking back on it, I wish I would have taken more advantage of that. You know, I, I viewed it as a, um, detriment at the time because my mom loved nothing more than to explore my homework during that time with me. And then also, you know, go on and, and, discuss even more opportunities within the French language. And I was just a typical middle high school kid and wanted to move on with my life and not talk to my mom about French. But looking back on it, wish I would have taken more advantage of that. Well, my mother was in the Marine Corps. So, you know, just imagine what you would have dealt with with that. <laughs> true. Very true. I met you via politics and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But you know, one of the things that that I want to make sure that I mention because it was a couple of months ago that I came up to Noblesville and you and I had lunch and yep. I had never been to Noblesville ever. So you were very gracious about that, but what makes Noblesville special to you? I grew up in Irvington on the East side and am a complete Homer. And as you are as well about your, your roots and your community. Yep. Yeah, I'm unabashed in my absolute love for the city of Noblesville. It's um, it brings a smile to my face just to say the word. You know, it, it's changed a lot. It's now the it's the county seat of Hamilton County. It's now the tenth largest city in the state of Indiana, which is hard to believe. Seventy thousand residents call Noblesville home. Um, it's a it's a community that's really unmatched um, all around it, and it's in its authenticity. You know, we have a historic downtown square with the white river flowing through right through downtown. Um, you've seen really the resurgence of communities across really central Indiana across the state who have invested heavily in their downtown cores. Noblesville's done that, but we have done that to the extent that we have amplified what we already had. We have what so many communities are trying to re recreate. And that's that, that hometown feel um, where, you know, even at, at 70,000 people, um, you still I can't go to the grocery store without seeing many people that I know. And again, that's a little different being the job that I'm in now, but still has a very hometown feel to it. It has the best of everything. It has a music center off of I-69 at exit 210. 
most people call that uh, Deer Creek. Um, but there's been many iterations of it. It's currently Ruoff Music Center, but it's gone through many different changes. Um, all the way down to our, obviously our downtown with the White River and then obviously Morse Reservoir, a, a huge asset in Noblesville. So there's something for everybody in that community. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate and so willing to tell the story of my hometown that I um, am so proud to call home. How often do you run into somebody um, <laughs> with whom you graduated high school or or, you know, perhaps uh, threw a firecracker into a village pantry when yeah. you were young and they just look at you and shake your head like, I can't believe, I can't believe you're the mayor. Well, it's so funny when, right after I got elected, um, that first week or two, they, they swapped out the uh, signs as you came into town that said, Thompson Mayor John Ditzler, a great friend mm-hmm. of mine who was my mm-hmm. predecessor and swapped it out and said, Mayor Chris Jensen. And, and my, I remember my son, my oldest son at the time, who's probably nine at the time which is blown away. Like that was the, that's what really put the stamp of approval that his dad was mayor when he saw the sign. But I get texts all the time from um, friends that I graduated high school with, or even college friends that come through Noblesville and are just blown away by it. Um, and, and just, it, it's just such, it brings such a smile to my face. Um, when people, you know, talk about Noblesville, they realize that it's real. They, you know, are amazed that their friend gets to be, you know, the mayor of this, of this community. I, I tell a story I knocked on 3,300 doors when I ran for mayor and a good friend of mine, Tim Phelps, who happens to be sitting just a few offices over for me today as we as we talk about this, um, came up and knocked on doors with me one day during the campaign. And we were going through a neighborhood and he could not believe how many people I would knock on their door. And it was, it was someone's parent or someone's aunt that I grew up with or someone's best friend's aunt's cousin who I grew up with. And, and, and just, it was unbelievable to see the intricate web of the community um, and I think he thought I was just making it up as we went along, but it was just a real surreal <laughs> moment that Nobles was just a great place that people that they, you know, raise their family and then they, their family comes back there and, and raises their family. So that's the, that's the unique value of Noblesville. A lot of the guests on the leaders and legends podcast, and we're talking with Noblesville mayor, Chris Jensen. A lot of the guests have been uh, involved in politics at, on, at some level. What, what made you get involved uh, as a young person and what what caught your attention uh, about politics and made it interesting to you? You know, I, I think what made it most interesting to me is what we've lost sight of today and that it it is a industry. It's a it's a career or a, or a personal pathway where you can really make a difference. Um, and I wish we talked about that more today. It, it started for me and the late nineties, um, my state Senator Luke Kenley, uh, who just retired several years ago after 25 years in the state Senate was thinking about running for governor. It was during, it was ahead of the 2004 campaign. And I was, a, I was a high school kid at Noble's high school and was interested in politics. And he invited me to just come join him as he explored the state and kind of explored this idea. And I drove him to at the time, I was like, well, what are these Lincoln Day dinners called? You know, and, and, and so I drove him to many a Lincoln Day dinner. And um, for those that aren't political, they're basically every county or every township has a annual gathering of Republicans to get together and have a lovely chicken dinner um, and, and hear from a great guest speaker. And so I got to go with him um, and, and just got to listen to him talk about he obviously relied heavily on his experience in the Senate. But he was also a small business owner. You know, he owned a grocery store in Noblesville, Kenley's, and he told stories about helping those folks, um, those that would come in and have needs in the community, whether they they couldn't afford food or, or were struggling. Hear him tell those stories and then apply those stories to a statewide conversation about helping Hoosiers and and how how we would lead the state forward and 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 on his campaign to, to consider running for governor. So that was my first foray into it. Now, that campaign um, saw a lot of familiar faces that you and I know, Robert, from Murray Clark to the late Senator David Ford and um, and David McIntosh and others who were exploring that. Obviously, then a man named Mitch Daniels came along um, and thankfully came back to Indiana and, and had a very bold vision and roadmap for the way we should lead our state forward. And um, so that was my, Luke Kinley. I really is to credit or to blame for my for my first foray into this. But Mitch Janos is really the one that lit the flame in me um, after I graduated college. I actually interned my senior at Butler for Luke Kinley at the State House um, and got to have a real front row seat to what legislative work looked like, to see what constituent relationships looked like, and how we helped those within Senate District Twenty at the time 
um, help solve some of their issues. And when I graduated Butler, I um, had a chance during my Senate internship to meet a lady who was the first female elected lieutenant governor of the state of Indiana, Becky Skillman, who is just who you had on actually several months ago and who I just can't say enough great things about. Um, someone who just has inspired me as a human being and has become a, a second mother to me and a grandmother to my kids. Um, but she was looking for a young staffer to come join her on the road um, across as she traveled across the state of Indiana. And, and so I became her body man shortly after that and and just really got to sit and watch good people like Mitch Daniels, like Becky Skillman, like Luke Kenley, and I could go on and name others who had a genuine interest in helping Hoosiers and had a genuine interest in forwarding the state of Indiana in the eyes of really the world um, and do so from a place of, of compassion and kindness and, and a place of competitiveness as well. And, and that's what really lit the fire for me. We should also mention that Senator Luke Kinley is a veteran of the United yep. States Army. Every time I see him, that's usually what we. Oh, yep. Uh, and he's also a Harvard graduate, Harvard University. I'm trying to think, you know, one conversation I had with Senator Kinley, this will tell you, this was 20 years ago, probably literally 20 years ago. Uh, we were talking about a young man um, who was in the news because he was leading Indiana University to the Final Four. And that's a fellow named Tom Coverdale. Uh-huh. Know him well. How did you how did you know Tom? You have to be somewhat close in age. And you know, Tom came yes. on the Tom was a guest on one of the first Leaders and Legends podcasts we ever did. He was a terrific storyteller about winning Mr. Basketball, being recruited by night, and then that 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 wonderful, I think, 2002 run to the championship game. Yeah, Tom Coverdale is a is a is a noble native. In fact, the Coverdale name, Tom aside, is a huge noble soul name. Nobles of family. Tom um, really took it upon himself when he went to IU to, you know, help promote Noblesville and talk about all that's good of Noblesville because he represented all and still represents all that's good about Noblesville. So he was several years above me in Noblesville, my brother's age. I mentioned I was the youngest of three boys. So he's very good friends with my older brothers. Um, and so loved watching his career through IU basketball. Um, he and his wife, Rachel, who actually is a good friend of mine and yours, um, now um, actually just moved back to Noblesville about six months ago, bought a house back in Noblesville. They lived in another community. I won't say the name um, prior to, and I, I always gave them, gave them flax. I'm like, how does, how does Tom Coverdale not live in Noblesville? So he made good on that promise about six months ago and they have come home and are raising their beautiful twins who are about the same age as my son, Hank um, back in Noblesville. So uh, Tom is certainly a pride and joy and a, an incredible advocate for the, the city of Noblesville. And I should mention that it is Rachel Coverdale who's responsible for the Leaders and Legends podcast. It was her idea. Yep. yep. Brilliant, brilliant uh, PR marketer and and communicator at all levels. Yep. Uh, you mentioned a couple of elected officials earlier, actually more than a few. What is it about working for an elected official that that people like you and people like me, because I have my list, right? We all do. And, you know, Mitch Daniels has his list mm -hmm. of people he worked with, who he thinks the world of. Why do we find it so compelling? Do you think there's a sense that we're searching for someone in the public eye who is dedicated to the public good? And is that something that you're conscious of as the mayor of Noblesville? Yeah, I... I sure hope we're searching for people in the public eye that are doing the common, the, the common good, because that's, again, I think what I struggle with currently with the state of our political affairs in the United States is, is making sure we seek out those that are genuinely doing really good work. I, I mentioned, you know, Mitch, I, I mentioned Becky Skillman, Luke Henley, Susan Brooks was another one. Um, you know, I, I always tell people I started out, my first job was carrying Becky Skillman's purse. And, and that there was, there was way more to that job, but um, I, I know that was the, that's how I was teased from day one. And I'm honored to be teased with that, with that do, uh, job do you, title. Do you, uh, do you still uh, like, you know, pick off pieces of lint and string from people <laughs> because you just can't you help know, yourself? I, I said, once a body man, always a body man. I, um, you know, I, I, every, even, even when she's around me though, I will grab her a Diet Coke and show her where the restroom is. Cause I just, I just know her very well. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it's just, it was the best job I ever had though, because I had a front row seat, Robert, to someone who genuinely loved the state of Indiana, 
and who was number two in charge of the state of Indiana. You know, and, and so you you search for you find people that are blazing paths ahead of you that are doing it the way you want to do it. And there's certainly a lot of examples out there of folks that are doing it the way you don't want to do it. And so in politics, you better find those that are doing it the way you want to do it because that's what gets you going every single day. Um, you know, I remember I told the story during 2020, 1920, when it just was, a, and it's still a, a, a tough time in, in politics in our nation. Um, and there would be times that I'd be sitting there looking at my wife, Julie, who's super not political, um, is not impressed with me. Uh, at all. And, and and I would sit there and you you just scratch your head and say, well, you know, why are we doing this? Why, why would I put myself through this? You know, but then five minutes later, Robert, I'd sit there and be like, well, absolutely, I've got to do this. Because if not me, then who? And we've got to find good people that are willing to do this and and stick to the fights. And um, so I, I think we, we look for others ahead of us that are blazing the path, that are doing it the way we want to do it, because that gives us hope that we can do it that way too. You are listening to Leaders and Legends, a podcast presented by Veteran Strategies, a local veteran public relations enterprise, and sponsored by Girl Scouts of Central Indiana, Garmon Construction, Leaders and Legends, LLC, the Grand Hall and Conference Center at Historic Union Station, the McGinley's Golden Ace Inn, and McAllister Machinery, your friendly neighborhood Caterpillar dealer. Our guest today is Noblesville Mayor Chris Jensen. Chris, is there a Hoosier leader and or legend you particularly admired? Admire, excuse me, not name Becky Skillman or Mitch Daniels. <laughs> that's uh, that's a great, great question. Um, there certainly is. I, I will go back home and say someone named Kathy Richardson, um, who spent 25 years in the Indiana House of Representatives. Um, who is caucus chair, first female caucus chair, I believe, in the Indiana House, now is um, a great example of not just someone who blazed trails at the state house back in the early 90s when she was elected, but now is serving another chapter of her life as county clerk um, in Hamilton County. So someone who's just completely devoted her life to public service. I'll say Susan Brooks as well, kind of a modern example um, of someone... I, I always tell people that was my favorite campaign to work on because she jumped in um, really in the belly of the beast um, during you know a time that she was going to take on actually an incumbent congressional member and um, started out really low in the polls and just worked her way every day meeting Hoosiers around the 5th Congressional District, talking to them about her vision for the future of, of our country and of the 5th District and, and ended up you know winning a massive primary. Um, and, and serving with an incredible distinction. So I'll, I'll use those two um, as great examples. And I'll, I'll give you one more. I know that's cheating, but um, far Southern Indiana, when it comes to mayors, I, I think of um, obviously Dick Luger and, and as, a, as somebody who's passed on, but currently Lloyd Winnicky in Evansville, um, anyone who's spent some time with Lloyd Winnicky knows just how, um, how kind of a human being he is, how visionary of a person he is for Evansville. And how he just really is is a symbolic leader when it comes to being a mayor and uh, just being a, a strong advocate for Evansville. So there's some good examples of folks that I really look up to. I need to have Mayor Winnicky on the podcast. Yeah. I've I've thought about it several times and just haven't reached out, but I need to do that. Um, and Susan Brooks, who you mentioned, was a was a guest, and you know she's one of she's more Republicans have her as their favorite Republican than any other Republican I know, if yep. I said that correctly. Yep. I think Susan Brooks is one of those people that is just a, a common sense conservative and somebody who is ready to, who rolls up her sleeves and looks for common ground and is not afraid to go into the belly of the beast and tackle hard issues, but do it fairly and do it justly. And that's really what we should be asking of our elected leaders. When I used to work for Mayor Ballard or or when I left the mayor's office and other people were meeting with him for the first time or wanting to have a conversation and a few times, not often, but a few times people would ask me, you know, what should I say? Or, you know, you know, what should I talk to the mayor about? Because we've got other things to discuss, but I kind of want to, you know, get off on a on a strong start. And I would always say compliment his staff. If you compliment Mayor Ballard's staff, 
then he'll be putty in your hands because he's very yep. proud of the people who worked for him and who accomplished so much. And uh, his former chief of staff has been in the news quite a bit lately, Ryan Vaughn, uh, yep. for his amazing work, along with Susan Boffman and everyone else at the Indiana Sports Corp and yep. everyone who was associated with the national championship game. It's interesting that within what? 10 months, nine months, we've crowned both the college football national champion and the college basketball national champion here in Indianapolis. But talk about your staff and how important it is for you to to empower them and give them the sort of, of strength they need to help you grow and bring Noblesville uh, really, as you've done it, to the first rank of Hoosier cities. Yeah, before I do that, I would like to comment on what you said about Ryan Vaughn and Susan Boffman and others. Kudos to them for putting on an incredible show um, and really highlighting Indianapolis last night and um, uh, on the, the the college football championship. They just Indianapolis and the Central Indiana region does a great job hosting folks from around the country, and it's it's great leaders like Ryan and Susan and others that really are on the forefront of that. So I want to be a um, and I would say, I think a regional conversation is incredibly important for Central Indiana because Noblesville is an incredible community, but we um, we can't be a suburb of nothing. Um, so a strong Indianapolis is a major um, part in Noblesville's success. So I'll shove that comment there and then move on to your question about staff. Um, I have learned so much in the past two years, and I can tell you it is it has not been the easiest transition for me to transition from a staffer to a to an executive. That that's been a change for me. I was used to working. I worked on Dan Coates' campaign uh, many years ago as well. So I, I was used to being the staffer. Um, now to be the executive, I've learned so much, though, about the importance of hiring really smart people around you. Um, and, and if you do that, um, the, your work and your path forward, whether it be for your company, for your city, for, your, for anything, is, is so much better. Um, I have people like Matt Light, who's my deputy mayor, the former deputy uh, uh, Attorney Gen- Chief Deputy Attorney General under Greg Zeller, Sarah Reed, my Community Development Director, Chad Connect, my Public Safety Director, people working tirelessly day in and day out, people working for the city of Noblesville that have opportunities to go on and could do other things, making way more money, um, you know, chasing other big dreams, but are doing this for Noblesville because they love the city of Noblesville. They believe in our mission and they'll fight tooth or nail, tooth and nail for, for what we believe in. So empowering your staff to lead is so important. I can tell you it's hard. It's difficult to do, um, especially as, as, as a millennial that I am. I, I claim to be a millennial by a few months. Um, it, it's hard for us sometimes to give up that control to let those around us really, really lead, but it makes the enterprise so much stronger when we do. Does does Chad Connect win best dressed every day? <laughs> well, he he's always usually buttoned up to the nines. I can tell you as as you well, you know him well. Thirty years IMPD, so he we're trying to get him a little bit more casual. But he's always, uh, you know, he he's a very fit person too. So he usually comes in uh, well dressed and ready to take on the world every single morning. Is in a sense, I mean, Noblesville has obviously been around for a long time, but are you able to? not necessarily have a, a clean slate, but do you feel like, because, because there's so many options and there's so many smart people up there and there's so many possibilities that you can kind of do like whatever you want, like no vision is beyond your actualization. I think we've realized over the last decade or so that cities with big visions and leaders with big visions are oftentimes rewarded with those big visions. And I think gone are the days of the job as mayor, for example, is, is cutting a ribbon, kissing a baby and watching the local football team. It is now competing globally every single day for business enterprise, for economic opportunities, for workforce development trainings, for academic opportunities. Um, we're in battling every single day with our friends and neighbors. Um, we're competing with them. So in terms of a blank slate, um, in a sense, yes. Noblesville obviously has the most history to it in Hamilton County. It's getting ready to celebrate our bicentennial next year in 2023, which is incredibly exciting. But I also think we have a um, 
a major portion of the population now that we've grown to 70,000 people that are looking for looking for vision, looking for leadership. They're they're looking, you know, we're we're elected to lead. So lay out those opportunities, fight for those opportunities. The public will let you know how they feel about them. Um, certainly in the day of social media, that's very easy to do these days. But the, the public, I think, will reward vision and boldness as long as there is still a respect for the community, its identity, um, and its history. And we've tried to really balance that in Noblesville in particular. You mentioned Bicentennial just a few seconds ago. I wanted to yeah. ask you, you led me right into my next question, and that is... Yep. You served as the executive director of the 2016 Indiana Bicentennial Commission. Um, You're a a history dude. So I'm sure that that uh, uh, assignment was wonderful for you. Uh, Talk to us, please, on the Leaders and Legends podcast about what that experience was like, because it was probably, I'm guessing, a labor of love with equal parts labor and equal parts love. You know, I luckily, when I was hired in that spot uh, many years ago, I was pretty young and naive, which was great because, um, you know, to, to think that you're going to set up an entire statewide celebration, statewide movement around a 200th birthday um, was, seemed exciting at the time. It was exciting. But Indiana is such a big state, such a diverse state, 92 counties. I've, I've had the fortune of being in every single one of them. Um, but to try to bring those people, bring all those ideas, those those themes, those um, visions together was a was a daunting task. Um, but it's one that I, I, I grew so much during that time. I think one of the biggest challenges we had um, and, and one that I think we were successful on was to make sure that a bicentennial wasn't just honoring 200 years of history. It, that was a huge part of it and, and a huge part of the discussion. And I love my time in Vincennes and Corbin and, and those different communities that were in, in, in instrumental in our history, but also looking to our future. Um, there's a whole new subset of the population that wants to know what Indiana is going to be. Where, where are we going to go? Where's our leaders? Where are leaders going to take us? So it was equal parts history and future. It was, it was um, uh, igniting our future and talking about that. How do we combine the history and the future? So it was a labor of love, but it's one that I think helped kind of set the path of Indiana going forward. We had, we had great involvement from, at the time, Governor Pence's office. Um, Karen Pence, the former first lady of, of the state and second lady of the United States, was served as our, our bicentennial ambassador. Um, it really helped me to um, not remove a partisan label from myself, but it, it was it was Becky Skillman and Lee Hamilton were the co-chairs of it. So mm-hmm. to get to know somebody like Lee Hamilton, I probably should have mentioned him earlier um, because he's just somebody that I admire the heck out of. I mean, talk about a true statesman still to this day, working through Indiana University and helping to influence and shine light on foreign policy in this nation. Somebody who has not given it up even um, you know, at, at his stage of life, he's just a phenomenal human being. Um, and I just absolutely love him and appreciate his leadership as well. So it helped me kind of see the world and see the state through um, more of a bipartisan lens, if you will. Um, and, I, and I grew a ton from that experience. Is there a particular commemoration or county visit that one or two that stand out? You know, anytime you go to Corden, Indiana, I love to see Frank O'Bannon's statue down there. And, and the folks from Corden are so proud um, of Corden and they're proud of their of their history down there. Um, I also learned a lot about Allen County, the three rivers that converge up there. There's a lot of unique history in Allen County and Fort Wayne um, that and there's a lot of organizations doing a lot of great good up in Fort Wayne that I that I um, just had a lot of great experiences there. But I think that the one significant um, uh, project out there, the, the torch relay. I thought that uh, Mark Newman and his team at Indiana Tourism at the time helped spearhead a, a 92 county torch relay was just awesome because it really kind of engaged the public as much as possible in a statewide celebration and brought the celebration to them. Um, which again, you know, you and I are from central Indiana, we're, we're used to big celebrations and, and, and concerts and, and, and whatnot. But those folks in, in Adams County, um, Jennings County, Posey County, I could go on and on, to be able to take the celebration of them, I think, meant so much to them. And I think that was incredibly important of our work in, in 2016. 
we've talked a little bit about your involvement in politics. It's one thing to be involved like like you were or I am or, you know, a lot of other people we know. Um, the list of our shared friends or shared political acquaintances is, is pretty long. But it's but it's another thing to put your name on the ballot. That's a completely different role. And I would assume that the that the leap is somewhat Canyon-esque. You served in, as a member of the Noblesville Common Council before you ran and were elected mayor in 2019. What made you decide to take the next step and go from staffer to office holder? It is, it is a leap. And I think I really enjoyed being a staffer. I love, I love the political process. I love being around people who want to govern, people who want to govern for the greater good. It was a different scenario that led me to be the candidate. Nobles will transfer in 2016 from a class three city to a class two city, which went um, allowed us to go from a seven member city council to a nine member city council. I happened to live in the middle of an open council district that year. John Ditzler, this speaks to your point, Robert, earlier about how important it is to find leaders who um, inspire you, who, who take you under their wing. He called me one day. And said, "Hey, you, you know, you happen to live in the middle of this open council district. I think it's time for you to um, stop staffing up and start stepping in, you know, and 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 be willing to maybe put your name on a ballot." And I was really hesitant about it. Um, I, I, you know, had I just got married, planned on having a family. I knew there was more scrutiny, uh, but I also took a look around Noblesville. And I looked at the leadership at the time; all wonderful men. All wonderful, you know, sixty-five-year-old white men, <laughs> and and um, I felt like Noblesville wasn't maybe as well reflected on its leadership side um, as it could be. And so I said, you know, I thought maybe it was time for myself to um, practice what I preach, and, and I've always encouraged the next generation if they have something to offer um, to step up and serve and put their name on the ballot. So I decided to run that race. Um, I ran a three-way primary. And, and won that um, in 2016. And then it wasn't long after that that John Ditzer was in his fourth term and was considering retiring after 16 years in office. And the, the conversation quickly turned to what does Noblesville's leadership look like going forward? And um, I felt like I didn't think it necessarily needed to be me, but I certainly wanted to be a part of the conversation. I cared a lot about where Noblesville was going. And um, just really after some real soul searching, um, and some long conversations with Julie Jensen, because it is, I will tell you, at, um, city council is one thing. Um, the mayor is, is another level when it comes to scrutiny and, and just attention on it. Um, I wasn't sure that was where we, our family was headed. But um, after some real, about a year's worth of soul searching and just conversations with those folks in Noblesville who have been there their entire life and kind of asking the question, you know, is Noblesville, uh, what, is, what does Noblesville want to see in its next leader? And then is Noblesville ready for a leader like me is, you know, I'm, I'm 42 years younger than John Ditzler. Uh, he doesn't like when I point that out, but um, it's a fact of the matter. And, <laughs> and that's, that's a, that's a jump. That's a jump for our community. And that's uh, skipped a generation there. So was Noblesville ready for that? And, and I had some ideas for the community that I felt like were important that if we wanted to compete, if we wanted to continue to grow and, and tell our story in a vibrant way, we needed to make some bold um bold ideas into action. And, and I wanted to make sure the community was ready for that. And, um, at every turn, I felt affirmed um, in that discussion and then uh, went and ran a four-way primary and won that. So, um, and here we are today. Did you have to run against friends, people you knew from childhood or, or high school? Um, it wasn't anyone I knew from childhood or high school. I was, um, I was running kind of against a generation up on me. Um, to be honest, I was the youngest in the race. Um, I knew all three of the people I ran against, all great individuals who mean well for the city of Noblesville. Um, as I've told my son many times, though, there's a lot of great people that are kind people that don't necessarily need to be in leadership positions. And I felt like we had the best vision that we laid out. We um, laid out a, a pretty thorough campaign focused on you know really strong policy ideas. It was kind of a roadmap for Noblesville. I totally took that from Mitch Daniels who laid out a very clear vision. I wanted the public to know what they were getting when they pushed the Chris Jensen button in May of 2019. 
And so in order to do that, I, I laid out a very clear vision and, and the public accepted that, which was exciting. And then I was unopposed in November, which was the best gift of my marriage ever. <laughs> Don't tell your kids. Right. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Does, how do you handle it when you're at the grocery store or the Dairy Queen or or your ever your your haunts the hardware store in Noblesville, and someone comes up to you and is not happy. That's something yeah. that most folks don't ever have to experience when someone for whom they're at least you know by a certain separation responsible for whether it's their trash pickup or their potholes or snow removal or all the, you know, the myriad of, of city services. I used to ask mayor Ballard that mayor Ballard was always very patient. He didn't always agree. And, you know, there were a few moments where I just kind of looked away like this is, this is going to get out of hand. So I should, someone needs to intervene. Uh, But how do you handle that when you are, are just trying to do certain things about your day as Chris Jensen and someone comes up and says, look, I want to talk to you. I'm not happy about X. Sure. Well, I willingly walked into this job. Um, I put myself forth to re- you know represent and lead the city of Noblesville. It's my job to answer to the public whether I you know I was told I always laugh. People say, "Are you going to be able to take some time off of, in the summer or in the in the holidays?" And, and, and um, time off just looks different in this job. You know, it's not really it's not really time off. It's just maybe time away from the office. But I'm always accountable, and I, I want to be accountable. I put my name on a ballot. I laid out a vision. The buck stops with me. And it stops with me whether I'm at the baseball field. It stops with me whether I'm at the Kroger or, or wherever it may be. Um, the general electorate, for the most part, is very gracious and very kind. Uh, most of the time, they are very respectful. Every once in a while, they'll get out of hand. Um, and by out of hand, I mean they may, may just quickly let me know that they're frustrated. I usually I have my personal cell phone written on um, my business card. And I always give it to them and ask them to shoot me a note, shoot me a text, or shoot me a time that I can meet them for coffee. Um, but I want to be accountable to them. I think it's my job to do that. Let's let's take it from the other side then. How do you feel when you know you're about to make a big announcement that is going to be incredibly beneficial for the people of Noblesville? How, how does that excite you? How does that make you happy that you ran and were elected as mayor? I mean, you certainly get butterflies in your stomach, right? You know, when that perfect opportunity comes along that you know can help set the course of fate for the, the future of your city. But you also know that every decision you make is going to come with controversy. Um, and not necessarily controversy, but just disagreement. That's the beauty of our country, of our city, of our state. They're just people with other viewpoints. And, and whether it be a new roundabout that I think is incredibly efficient. Um, for every pro roundabout person you can find, you can find an anti-roundabout person um, or a new uh, east-west corridor in your community that you're going to build um, through downtown because you need to relieve traffic. Well, that comes at a, at a sacrifice to some folks. There'll be some homes along the way, for example, that may have to be taken in order for a road to expand. So there, there's always both sides that it's so important as leaders to understand um, all perspectives of every issue and not everything is going to be viewed through the, through the glasses that are through the lenses that you're viewing that. And you just have to be compassionate with folks. You have to make the decisions that you know are best for the greater good and know that history will judge you in that way. I think back to 2006 when I worked for governor Daniels and he was pushing an idea about daylight saving times, you know, and changing our clocks of which he campaigned on and was honest that he was going to do but when he came about to actually leading and making that decision, people were losing their mind. You know, you remember it, Robert. People didn't know if the cows could milk on time, you know, and, and um, you know, or, or, or leasing the toll road, major moves, you know. Oh, my gosh, Mitch Shannon is going to go down in flames when he runs for re-election. What happened in, in 2008, Robert? Overwhelmingly, who's just caught up with them and, and re-elected them, you know. And um, so if you have a vision that you know is for the best, you know, put your head down, lead boldly, but lead compassionately. And back to your question before that about being stopped in the store or whatnot. Somebody, um, one of my themes this year, somebody posted a, a biblical verse. It's Luke 23, 34. And the, and the context of it is, quote, love them anyways. 
Um, and that's been what is going to drive me in 2022. Um, and, and, and when I read comments at times on social media, um, you know, cause nowadays it's not necessarily being interrupted at a, at a grocery store at a kid's game. Mm, good the, point. Some, some folks will be nice to you there and then they'll turn around and say something else about you, um, somewhere else that burns a little bit, but, you know, love them anyways, and know that they're probably coming from a place of, um, of hurt or of anger, or maybe just misinformation. Um, so I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt going forward, but tough decisions are going to have controversial opinions. And, but yeah, at the end of the day, you're elected to lead. You obliquely and pointedly didn't mention there are some other communities and mayors up in Hamilton County. And we're talking with Noblesville mayor, Chris Jensen on the leaders and legends podcast. Um, I know those are, uh, omissions of respect talk to us please a lot is going on in hamilton county Uh, there's some competition up there and it's both i think fierce and friendly Um, your peers up there are doing terrific jobs leading their municipalities their communities how much do you guys talk and compare notes and say you know man i want them to look at i want I want the mayor of Carmel or the mayor of Fishers to look at Noblesville and go, why didn't we think of that? Yeah. Well, it, it's very timely because I just literally in the past 24 hours was on the mayor on the phone with mayor Brainerd about a topic and mayor Fadness about a topic. And actually then across the County line in Boone County, mayor Styron of a different party um, in Zionsville. Yeah. And um, first and foremost, I genuinely believe that all of us, in the spots that we're in believe that a rising tide raises all ships. And we believe that what is good uh, for the goose is good for the gander. What's good for, the, for, for central Indiana is good for all of us. So I think we're all bought in and believe in that mission. Now I, I wouldn't be lying if I didn't tell you that, you know, when I talk <laughs> to Scott Bennett about something, I, I, him and I both know behind the scenes that we are up against each other on several different things right now. Um, you know, I was just on the phone with, the IEDC this morning about a project that I want over hell and high water to win for Noblesville. But I caveated that by saying, but if not Noblesville, central Indiana, and if not central Indiana, Indiana, um, <laughs> we, we all believe that, but, but we're, we're competing every day. Um, and, and it's, it's made us all better communities for it. And competition is not bad at all. If it's done respectfully. You mentioned Mayor Winnicky. There are a lot of dynamic mayors here in Indiana. Why is it that the mayors seem to get so much grief in some ways because they don't fix everything right away the way it should be, but at the same time, they seem to get so much praise when they do things really, really well? I think mayors at times, are their head's on a swivel. I mean, because we are we are the closest to the people when it comes to executive leadership in the state of Indiana. You know, we are the ones every day doing things. We are picking up your trash, we're filling your potholes, we are paving your new roads, we're flushing your toilet. Kids love to hear about that. Uh, we are, you know, we're, we're we're putting together your parks programming. We're adding new jobs to your community. We're supporting our school system. We're doing stuff every day that have an impact in your life. So we're quick to the draw when it comes to hating us. You know, you can get mad at us for something that happens instantly because if the snow comes down, you're, you're mad at me today. Um, but you're mad at me for not getting it plowed in time. My kids are mad at me for plowing it too fast in time because they have to go to school. So you can't win those battles. Um, but then we're also, we're, we're lucky in the fact that we're quick to be praised because we get to go make deals every day. And, and, and whether it be new jobs coming to town or um, uh, new new academic institutions coming, in, you name it, we get to be the forefront of those conversations every day, which is what is so fulfilling to me. And not at all to be disingenuous to other leaders at different levels of the, of the state and federal government, but you know, talk. I've learned the term "talk is cheap" has rung so true to me in the last couple of years. You know, it's easy to go out there and say something, but I have to actually get stuff done every day. And so while we get drawn into some of these these intense battles on topics that I'm not, I don't even going to say, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
I have to, while I appreciate you being all hot and bothered about it, I'm going to go back to building roads, creating jobs, and saving people's lives because that's what mayors do. Does the first lady of Noblesville sometimes get a bit um, overheated about the criticism that is directed her husband's way? You know, she is very, um, not really. I, I think she, in a way, Julie Jensen is not political at all, um, but she's a big Christian fan. And so she's fiercely, fiercely loyal to me. But she has been so good. Um, and honestly, this was kind of a point of contention early on in this in this job. Is she um, she sees tries to see things from all different perspectives. And so sometimes I'd come home hot about some issue because I've been beaten up on it all day. You know, been been beaten up by it all day. And and all of a sudden she'll get compassionate with the side that's been beating me up all day about it. And finally, I have to stop her and just say, listen, I just need you to agree with me today. Like, I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you to be one of them, you know, arguing me with me about it. Um, so she, she's so good about kind of, you know, you and I, Robert, are political people. We've been around this a long time. We're so close to it. But sometimes when we're too close to it, we can't see the big picture. Julie Jensen's my outlet to see the big picture. And she's off it. She's by far my best asset. She she is is able to help peel back the layers and help me see things from a very different perspective. And uh, I'm forever for great, forever grateful for that. You mentioned that you and I have have some similar backgrounds with regard to politics, and that's certainly true. Uh, I've used to. I haven't done it in a while, but I used to speak in front of groups, sometimes bipartisan, or like I would speak at a at a Butler University journalism class or. And I'd always in my remarks or, or discussion or Q&A with telling the assembled group of students, get involved in politics. I don't care who you vote for. It doesn't matter to me. But if you get involved in politics, you will meet some of the absolute best people that you'll ever meet in your entire life of both parties. And you will uh, forge lasting friendships uh, that will serve you well, not just perhaps economically, because we all need allies as we look for business or to do better things, but also just someone to talk to who understands that. Am I wrong on this? Is that your experience? Because, you know, Uh, you and I worked at the we worked at the party. Right. So we worked at the in the, you know, the epicenter of of politics is the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party. Did you hear that spangle or (laughs) or any 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 organization like that? You're immersed in it. You know, you mentioned daylight saving time and how controversial it was. And I can't remember how many times I had to do an interview about it when it was happening. And it was just like the greatest controversy ever. And then, you know, a few years later, Mitch Daniels wins re-election by the biggest margin in the history of the state. So talk to me, please, a little bit about some of your friendships you've met you've experienced, you've forged through politics. If you want to give a Republican example and or a Democrat example, uh, that would be great. You mentioned Tim Phelps, yeah. and that's a damn good one to start with. Yeah, he, like I said, he, um, he I would, Tim Phelps and I laughed. We met over 10 years ago. Uh, we were the two employees on the uh, Becky Schoolman for Governor campaign. That only lasted a couple of weeks before she ultimately <laughs> decided not to run. So that was where our friendship forged. Um, but, you know, I look back on it, I was so humbled during my campaign and from the city council, even the amount of people from across the state that I met that wrote $25 checks, $50 checks. It didn't even, you know, kind of like you, Robert, and all due respect, hadn't even been to Noblesville before, but were willing to put their money behind me because they knew me, you know, and they were willing to, to get behind that. That was so humbling. Um, and, and even today, my, you know, I, I laugh because, you know, I, when I worked in the Dan- when the Daniels administration, I carried Becky Stillman's purse. Well, you know who was carrying Mitch Daniels' briefcase? It was a guy named Eric Holcomb. You know, and now he's the, he's the governor <laughs> of the state of Indiana, you know, and all of a sudden, and you kind of forget that, you know, you forget that. And there are people that are just there for you along the way. And those relationships, I always tell any young person, of which I used to be one, um, you know, never, no job is too small. And, and always treat people with respect, you know, because there were so many people that knew me from my Becky Skillman days. And I and I and, and it works both ways. There are people that were not kind to me back in the day. Um, you know, maybe when I was trying to when I was a gatekeeper for Becky and I didn't get them on there and get them or 
on her calendar fast enough. And now are just like my best friend, you know what I mean? And trying to, and it, it, it goes both ways, you know? And, and I think about even on the other side of the aisle, um, state representative Justin Moed and I grew up, Justin was born in Noblesville, grew up across the street from me. Um, and then ended up moving to Carmel. I say he's the only Democrat that came out of Carmel High School. But um, and we ended up meeting back up at Butler University, and we were fraternity brothers, and still a very good friend of mine today. We we view things very differently, and honestly, we view a lot of things a lot the same. Uh, because when you get down into the weeds of things, there's a lot more that binds us together than tears us apart. Unlike you hear on every news station that we turn on the TV today. Um, you know, and just even last night, I I, um, I was in a at the at, at a at a game and ran into the new chair of the Indiana Democrat Party. Never met the man before. Obviously, have very di- big differences with him. But you know what? You know what I realized, Robert? He's a human being, and so I said hi to him and introduced myself. And and you know, you're going to see these folks on the street, and we all put our pants on one leg at a time. And and let's let's go let's battle our differences where they differ, but let's work together where where it really matters. So, and uh, I found that the people who get most heated about politics or a political issue are the people who've never worked in politics. Yeah, that that you know I can look at when I was communications director for the Indiana Republican Party, and and the brilliant Jennifer Wagner was lighting us up yeah. every day with her taking down words. Um, blog you know i could look at it and admire her skill as a writer and as a thinker but you know then go on indiana week of review or abdul and you know go at it and and yeah and do what i had to do yeah and, and we have a great friendship you know to this day and that's part of it there's a there's a you know a good some friends of mine and i call it the good morning sam good morning ralph effect uh, if you remember that cartoon when the mm-hmm. sheepdog would clock in and wiley coyote would clock in and they would beat the hell out of each other then they would say good night yep. and that's why i wish more people were involved in politics because they would get you know what we don't agree on x but you know darn it you love your kids and you love your yes. city and that I can I can get past how you vote, because in the end, it just doesn't really kind of matter. And that's one of the reasons, quite frankly, that I've had so many Democrats on the podcast is because, you know, they're good people. I want to hear what they have to say. And I'm uh, I'm friends with them or I want to honor their service at Ted Bohm. You know, we just Jim Shell and I just interviewed Evan by what a what a terrific honor to, yeah. for that he would give us an hour and a half for the podcast. And for you, I would imagine as we wrap up the Leaders and Legends podcast with Noblesville Mayor Chris Jensen, I mean, it's not like you can just steamroll or ignore an entire part of your constituency. It's important for you to talk to them. Absolutely. You know, I'm elected to serve all 70,000 residents of the, of the city of Noblesville. And, um, you know, this last election, for example, I think um, it was a 60-40 split, you know, so th- there are folks out there, you know, probably in my backyard that that you know, may associate with a different party and, and we can learn from one another too. And, um, you know, I, I laugh at your Jennifer Wagner reference. I think she used to call me the first boy in that taking down words blog, and, <laughs> um, but you know, but masterful, masterful communicator, you know, and, um, well, um, if it makes you feel any better, a Republican, I believe I know about to get married. Well, if it makes you feel any yes. better, I used to call her the wicked witch of the left. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and, but you and know, she would but, laugh and I would laugh. And, you know, she ended up she ended up uh, at his invitation, spending some time with Governor Daniels uh, yeah. towards the very end of his administration. She he invited her in and wanted to talk to her, which, you know, is a terrific compliment to her and, and her skill. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like that, whether it's someone who's very good at grassroots or get out the vote or someone's a very good communicator or someone like John Day, a former state rep, uh, who's just a magnificent human being. Yeah. And that's what I think you're, you're the words you just used right there. Human being. Everyone's a human being. And just, you know, we're all trying to get through the day and we're all, you know, I was something like I, I'm, I have four kids at home. I have a, I'm, I'm married, you know, I have, we all have stresses every single day that we're fighting for to make the world better. And yes, we may disagree on the path forward politically or, or philosophically, but we can still care about one another. And it shouldn't take, I was, you know, I feel like every time someone dies, 
it brings together everybody. And then they talk about how wonderful the person is. I'm trying to be somebody who just tells people that they're good people along the way. <laughs> you don't have to necessarily kick it for me to tell you that you're a good person. You mentioned uh, his name because uh, and that was actually going to be the very last question I was going to ask you before we get to the five questions. But former staffer, former uh, Navy man, uh, Eric Holcomb is governor. I know yeah. he's a terrific friend of yours. Uh, we've yeah. both known him for a long time. I think he's doing an absolutely terrific job as governor. Here's your chance to weigh in. Incredible. Um, and somebody who doesn't get the credit at times that he deserves, somebody who is from a local leader's perspective, who guided us through a pandemic with um, a balanced approach, with a transparent approach, um, somebody who I think um, will go down in history as a solid governor for the state of Indiana, somebody who I, I just, I was telling my son last night when I talked to him at the game, you forget that he's the governor because he's just a normal human being. And a very likable guy and a strong leader, I think has a bright future in whatever he decides to do, is not going to get in petty fights that others may try to drag him into, but is going to do it the ethical way. And I'm behind him 100%. He reminds me a lot of my very first, uh, the very first person for whom I ever worked in politics. And you mentioned his name a few minutes ago as well. And that's Senator Dan Coates, who is yep. an absolute Hoosier treasure. Yep. And I should have probably mentioned his name earlier. I worked on his campaign in 2010 and talked about just an ethical man, a faithful man, a family man, um, and just one of the good guys that and, we need more of. And a veteran of the United States Army, I should add. Right. We have reached the point in the Leaders and Legends podcast where we ask all of our guests the same five questions. Mayor Chris Jensen of Noblesville, are you ready? I'm ready. What was your first job? I worked at the concession stand at the Forest Park Pool in Forest Park in Noblesville, <laughs> which may attribute to some of my problems with my pants fitting today. But that's another topic. Selling overpriced <laughs> ice cream. Yes. Heck yeah. And eating, eating the other half. And number two, what was your first concert? The Beach Boys. My mom took me out to Deer Creek Music Center to see the Beach Boys. Number three, if you could recommend any book for someone to read, which book would you recommend? Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. Um, it is an easy read. It's about uh, a biblically-based story of in Second Samuel about Ben and I, who goes into a lion's den and beats a lion. And the whole subtext is, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. I recommend it. Mark Batterson, Chase the Lion. You've referenced your face of faith a few times in this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's very refreshing. I enjoy it. Number four, if you could witness any event in history, be there in person as it happens, which event would you choose? Probably one of the uh, world wars, just to get a context of how America was viewed during that time. Um, a lot is written and a lot is, is documented about it, but just to understand America's place in the world, how it affects where we are today, that would be that would be what I'd like to do. Last question. If you could have dinner with anyone living today, two hours off the record to discuss anything you want, whom would you choose? I thought about this because I knew you were going to ask the question. Um, I would choose Condoleezza Rice because I was a child of 9-11 in terms of I was a senior in high school when it happened. Um, I didn't appreciate what happened during that time because I was a senior in high school and um, as much as I should. And I think she's the perfect mix of, I, I, I wouldn't would want to ask her so many questions, not only about her, her career and the events surrounding that, that time, but also just to be talking about um, a black female in leadership. Um, she has such a great personal story to tell. Um, I would love to just pick her brain and not to mention just an academic, um, uh, very sharp, individual who also is very into sports which so i think she's just she just has all the uh, different levels to her that i love to learn more about my favorite kind of, that's a great choice by the way my favorite condoleezza rice story is when she was uh, with president bush and bush was speaking to whoever the russian president was at the time i don't think it was putin i don't think it was yeltsin but i could be wrong in the 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 translator from russia mistranslated president bush's words and condoleezza 
Rice retranslated them from English to <laughs> Russian. Oh, that's that's batting on a different league, man. Absolutely. Yeah. You have been listening to the Leaders and Legends podcast. It's presented by Veteran Strategies, a local veteran public relations enterprise, and sponsored by Girl Scouts of Central Indiana, Garmon Construction, Leaders and Legends LLC, the Grand Hall and Conference Center at Historic Union Station, the McGinley's Golden Ace Inn, and McAllister Machinery, your friendly neighborhood Caterpillar dealer. Our guest today has been Noblesville Mayor Chris Jensen. He is as kind a man as you will ever meet. He is a wonderful teammate. I know that from working with him several years ago. He's a terrific leader. We're very pleased not only to have you as a guest on the podcast, but to have you as someone who represents our state. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for listening to Leaders and Legends, brought to you by Veteran Strategies Incorporated. If you want to contact us about this program or our menu of public relations services, please send us an email at robert at veteranstrategies.com. That's robert at veteranstrategies.com. Thank you.